2: What's up, Nets fans? Welcome to another episode of the Brooklyn Buzz, presented by otgbasketball.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, the Australian legend, Jack Manuel, and special guest, OTG's draft expert, Dylan Jackson. What's up, guys?
1: Man, I I am honored to be on with the expert, Dylan Jackson. Like, I... I all of my knowledge about the draft, I was doing so much research today. I was reading all the mock drafts on otgbasketball.com. Everything is doing it at SB Nation. I am, an, it's an absolute honor, D Money. Uh, great to be, great to have you on, my friend. Thanks,
3: to, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to uh, to be a part of this.
1: Just
2: a quick reminder you can check out all the Brooklyn Buzz episodes on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OGBasketball.com, Google Play. Jack and I just finished up a season review series, so be sure to check that out. But like like Jack said, we're talking draft today. Plenty of things to talk. Nets, obviously, they have picked 29, 40, 45. Some nice draft picks in the last two years. Karis LeVert at 20, Jared Allen at 22. But, Jack, hit me with some draft needs for the Nets.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at weanings, Nick. Um, I'm looking at wings, wings, wings. You know, we've got a nice, sort of young center with Jared Allen. Um, I'm not sure if the Nets are going to go down that route again. Uh, we have got plenty of guards, so I'd be surprised if Sean Marks goes for guards. But obviously, being a team where we are, you know, built on the rise, we're sort of looking to just acquire any good young talent. But, you know, it'd be very surprising if we don't um, get a floor general, maybe a combo guard, a guy who can maybe play at the two or one and two. Um, might be nice. Maybe someone's like a Karis Levert sort of type. But I sincerely doubt that we'll be going down the, the point guard route. Uh, but Sean Marks could surprise us. Um, I'm interested to hear Dylan's thoughts. Dylan, we've got the obviously the number 29 pick. Um, who did you have in your most recent mock draft as the Nets picking up at that number twenty-nine pick?
3: In my most recent mock draft, I had the Nets selecting Melvin Frazier a wing out of two lane. He is a uh, a nice two-three combo. Uh, he did a lot of things to like at two lane. You know, his offensive game is where uh, I guess you could say his his forte is. He struggles on a little bit on the defensive end, but uh I mean, you're not going to get much with the 29th pick. You're really looking to add role players. Uh, but as we have seen, Sean Marks has been able to find some really, really good talent there recently. So
1: I think uh, there's a few different other options out there. Yeah, and that yeah. definitely would fit the need, too. Yeah, Melvin Frazier, that sort of 2 3. He's gone as high as on the. Uh, the Ringer's mock draft guy, the, he had the, the Milwaukee Bucks at selecting him at 17th. So I'd absolutely love if he could drop to that sort of number 29, you know, averaging 15.9 points out of college. You know, he has a little bit of defensive versatility, nice 3 and D potential. Um, you know, if he's going to play alongside a Rondé Hollis Jefferson, maybe he could balance that out, you know, being at the three. Um, you're learning from a Tamari Carroll. I think that there's a lot of upside that he has, and especially, you know, Dylan, if he could get that as low as that, I think the Nets would be really happy. I think they would be happy as well. Another
3: guy I've seen uh, mocked uh, to them a few different times was uh, Moritz Wagner out of Michigan, kind of like that stretch four role to replace, you know, that Quincy A.C. type of guy.
2: He'd be a step up from Quincy (laughs) A.C.,
1: wouldn't he, Nicholas?
2: (laughs) He would, he would. Uh, Do you think they could possibly grab Wagner with one of their second round picks, or do you think he'll be long gone?
1: I
3: think there will be someone maybe in the late 20s area, you know, maybe early 20s even at that, uh, that really gets sold on Wagner. Um, so I think I think there's a chance that he'll be there at 40 or 45, but I, I w- certainly would guarantee it.
1: Does, with Wagner, Dylan, do you, does he have any sort of defensive potential at all? There's a lot of sort of, um, obviously being 21 years old, he, he's been in the college system a little bit longer. Does he have as much upside as some of these 18, 19-year-olds coming out of college?
3: I think he's got a lot of defensive upside, but as for his offense game, it's pretty polished. Uh, I don't think the, rebound's gonna be, the rebounding is going to be there, but uh, he gives me shades of Frank Kaminsky out of Charlotte for, for him. Um, he, his three-point ability is really good. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor at times, but for the most part, he's really going to only contribute offensively.
1: I like that fit though, Nick, next to a Jared Allen, a guy who can sort of stretch the floor. And we saw Jared Allen nail a couple of threes, you know, having a, a really good defender in Jared Allen and then maybe sort of balanced out with a Mo Wagner, sort of like um, how I was sort of brought up on JBT, having a sort of Rudy Gobert, Kevin Love, possible front court uh, in an ideal word for Jazz fans. Mo Wagner and Jared Allen as a young up and coming front court. Sounds pretty good, don't you reckon?
2: Yeah, I mean, and also we really, you know, Brooke was a great offensive player, but I wouldn't say he was fully polished offensively, where yeah. we bring in a playmaker. I know he can make plays a little bit with the ball, like Dylan said, and probably I know I I think he can pass a little bit. I know he had a big tournament. It'd be an interesting fit. What do you think, Dylan, would be some other possible stretch bigs they could grab at twenty nine?
3: Really in the uh really the bigs in this class are very diminished once you get past, you know, that six, seven range, like Wendell Carter. Uh, Marvin Bagley. So I don't really think there's going to be many bigs per se in the late first, early second round, unless you're willing to reach like well into the priority UDFA's.
1: Yeah. I've read guys like Jared Vanderbilt, Mitchell Robinson. Can you tell us a little bit about those guys, Dylan? What's their sort of upside, their elite uh, sort of skills, their sort of maybe their liability, so to speak.
3: So uh, with Robinson, it's interesting with him because he, we haven't seen much of him at all. Um, but with Vanderbilt, he he has a lot of positive things about him, and he has a lot of negative things about it. There isn't much in between. So positively, his offensive game, you know, his really all-around game has been quite quite interesting at Kentucky. Um, but his negatives, he is a huge huge risk when you take him because of all the injury history there. So if you if you're looking to take him, it might be in that later second round, maybe with that forty-fifth pick from Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, I certainly wouldn't mind it. I um, mean, you know, if he's to slip to to forty or forty-five, I reckon that'd be a nice pick. I think some different mocks had him going as high as twenty-nine, and a lot of them did have him at that forty-five range, as you mentioned, Dylan. Are there outside of Frazier, do you see any other wings at the um, other than, say, obviously maybe like a Dante Divincenzo or maybe even a Grace and Allen, those guys who maybe played the two and the three?
3: So for the Nets, I really do like Kaita Bates-Diop. I'm not sure if he's going to be there at twenty-nine, but he is that really. Really good all around player. You know he's going to contribute for you on defense. He's going to contribute for you on offense. I don't think he'll get to twenty nine, but if he's there, I don't think Marks could pass up on him.
1: Absolutely. And you had actually, funnily enough, you had Dante Divincenzo going at twenty eight in your most recent mock going to the Golden State Warriors. If he was to go one more, if he was to you know, if he was still there for the Nets, do you reckon the Nets um, take the absolute you know stunning guard out of Villanova? He had a great tournament,
3: but. Personally, I wouldn't take him in the first round. I think he's a little bit overhyped because of that tournament run. Um, so I think I would hold off for a bit unless he was there at 40. If he was there at 40, I would definitely take him.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Nick, what are your thoughts on Dave Vincenzo if you've seen some, uh, some film of him and such?
2: So I would agree with Dylan. He's gotten some hype, you know, from the, uh, the tournament. And he got a lot of hype, I believe, from the combine as well. I've seen a lot of him. I don't know if he's a great fit with the Nets in terms of what they already have at the guard position. So I would kind of pass on him. Dylan, who do you think would be some guys they could grab at 40 or 45?
3: I think Malik Newman is very, very intriguing to, uh, to look at that 40 to 45 range. If you're looking for just like that pure six-man type of role, per se, like uh, Dante DiVincenzo, then I think Malik Newman could come off the bench and just get buckets. Uh, in, the, in that tournament run, uh, I mean, I know I just criticized DiVincenzo for it, but Newman had an incredible tournament run, uh, 23 points per game, shooting over 50% on threes. So if you're looking to get like that young type of, type of wing to come off the bench as a sixth man, I think Malik Newman could be that guy.
1: I like his fit as well, Dylan, you know, alongside maybe a Joe Harris in that second unit, Nick. You know, we have sort of Joe Harris who's really sort of defensively and solid on both ends of the floor. Malik Newman sort of can just go out there, do a sort of like Monte Ellis sort of style, just get some buckets and sort of focus on that end of the floor. What do you think his sort of fit would be, Nick?
2: Yeah, I think a bucket getter would definitely, you know, any time where the Nets are in the position where they finished twenty with 28 wins, offense wasn't consistent all the time. So we talked about on the pre, our last Brooklyn Buzz, field goal percentage was an issue. Anybody who can go get buckets, especially for the second unit, I think will help. Just bring in some energy and effort.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, everyone needs that sort of six man. And, you know, if the Nets, I mean, we can't, despite the fact that he's another guard, you know, if he can get buckets, I, I think the Nets don't really care as they were really sort of playing that sort of uh, positionless sort of basketball. Are there any other guys you sort of um, think, Dylan, that it could be around that range that the Nets might um, have their eye on, so to speak?
3: Maybe Landry Schmidt at a, out of uh, Wichita State. He's another 2-3 combo guy. He's, he's another guy that's just going to come off the bench and get buckets. You know, his three-point percentage is off the chart, same as Malik Newman. So I think you look at him, you look at Malik Newman, really one of those two guys would would be a really good flyer if you're looking to add that sixth man type of role.
1: Absolutely. Um, tell me a little bit about um, Hamido Diallo, uh, a six, five guard, uh, shooting guard uh, projected to go, you know, around that sort of maybe similar range. Or is, is that a bit of a reach for some Nets fans?
3: I think he, here's a guy who's, who would have gone probably late lottery, maybe late teens last year, but fell off because he didn't necessarily have that production that he was expected to at Kentucky. So, I think you look at him, I think because of his athleticism, he's going to be he's going to be that late first, maybe early second type talent. I think because of this, he can be overhyped again uh, sometimes. So I think it would be a bit of a reach to take him there at 29.
1: Fair enough, yeah. I just saw that the, he was elite, you know, athletically and defensively, and I'm just like salivated at that, you know, fit, <laughs> would fit so perfectly in a net system, you know. Someone was saying shades of Tony Allen. If we could have anyone close to a Tony Allen guy, because we've certainly struggled a little bit um, with our guard sort of uh, defensive sort of stocks. And, you know, Diallo would certainly be nice.
2: Yeah, he definitely, and I've heard, he's been connected to the Nets a few times and definitely in a lot of mocks. Obviously, Jack, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. There's been some possibilities of the Nets trading up to anywhere from 17, 15, or 14, you know, working a thing with the Nuggets, taking a salary dump in Reed. You know, Milwaukee's had some interest in Carroll. What do you think would be some guys and Nets could possibly grab in that range, Dylan?
3: I think Troy Brown out of Oregon would be a very, very interesting fit uh, with, you know, Harris as an expiring deal. Cunningham as an expiring deal. He's a, he's a guy who can create from the wing position. He's not necessarily a great athlete, but he is certainly a very versatile guy
1: so yes, I saying, you know, um, elements of Chris Middleton in his game, you know, having that sort of versatility a little bit can do a little bit of everything. You know, can shoot a little bit, can rebound kind of well, can uh, even play make a little bit. So having someone with that sort of versatility, I think that's what the Nets are really looking for. Guys who can sort of do everything on the floor, you know, looking at all of some of our guys this year, you know, Ronda Hollis Jefferson, and he's passing. Joe Harrison, he's passing. All of our guys sort of, you know, pride themselves on being able to do so many different things on the floor. And, you know, if Troy Brown Jr., he could slip to us if we were able to get that Nuggets pick at 14 or the Wizards pick at 15 or even the Bucks, who we've done some deals with in the past. If we were to somehow get one of those picks, that'd be really nice. In an ideal word for me, Dylan, is there any way that Kevin Knox or one of the Bridges Bridges brothers or Bridges last names uh, falls that low?
3: absolutely I think uh, Knox is certainly a guy who could fall on draft night and I think it's partially because of his motor that's my main concern about him you know the versatility is there the size is there the offensive potential is there but his motor is a really really big question John Calipari asked him game after game to step up and he just simply couldn't do it there at Kentucky
1: do you think Nick with that um with Dylan saying that the Nets sort of coaching staff who have been famed for their sort of development, player development, despite, you know, John Calipari, one of the most famous coaches in all of basketball, not being able to get it out of him. Do you reckon that guys like Kenny Atkinson and our assistants would would be able to get something out of Kevin Knox on that sort of end, develop his athleticism, his motor, you know, his aerobic capacity?
2: I think so. If the Nets were to draft him, I think they would believe that they could do that. They could get the most out of him. But if they are not confident in his motor, like Dylan mentioned, I think there's a chance they would pass on a guy like that because, you know, we know culture is a big thing for the Nets moving forward. Not being a winning team, having the right mentality in the locker room is very important.
1: Absolutely. And what about Miles Bridges, uh, Dylan? What can you tell me about him if the Nets were able to snag him in a 14 or 15? Miles Bridges
3: is a guy I know a lot about, being a Charlotte fan. You know, we were mocked at – We were. he was mocked to us. Uh, last year and now even this year so he's going to get you athleticism he can be a small ball four he can be a three his his uh shooting could be underrated at times but he's not going to be that volume shooter uh you see like Otto Porter or Robert Covington he's going to be probably maybe a a three and d type of guy you know what you're going to get when you draft and he's a safe he's a safe bet uh to whoever picks him
1: yeah, I think I, I like the sounds of either of those guys. But what about someone like a? Is it Zari or Zari Smith? Is that how I say it?
3: Zayar Smith.
1: Uh, Zayar Smith.
3: He is, in my opinion, going to be one of the one of the steals in this draft. He his athleticism is uncanny. There's nobody like him in this draft. Uh, his length, uh, his wingspan is incredible for his uh, size. He's six four, I believe. He's got a six nine wingspan. So his Jeez. defense is going to be there probably right off the bat. His offensive game. He's not going to be a volume shooter. He shot one and a half threes per game, but he did
1: shoot 45% from the field. Absolutely. Now, if I'm going to, you know, gun to your head, I say this too often on this podcast. (laughs) Especially (laughs) this (laughs) one. I don't know. Kevin Knox, uh, Zari Smith, and Miles Bridges. Dylan, who do you think fits best, you know, obviously for what you know about the Nets? Who do you think would be a better fit uh, in Kenny Atkinson's system?
3: Out of those three, I would say Miles Bridges. You know he's going to be that three-four tweener, and I know the Nets have a lot of uh, openings at the at that uh, small forward, power forward positions with uh, the probably the uh, free agencies of Harris, Cunningham, and Ac.
1: Yep, I like that. I, I mean, I'd take any of them in a heartbeat. There's even a guy like a Shea, Gil, Shea Gilgay, Alexander, Um, is there any chance that he drops? I mean, there's a lot of these guys around that sort of 10 to 15 range that, you know, you just don't know what team what teams are going to value over him. And if the Nets are able to get someone with that sort of upside as well, is there any chance that um, Alexander could drop to the Nets uh, at 14, 15 or 17?
3: I think there's certainly a chance, but if, if you're looking to add someone maybe to add to the Nets, I wouldn't necessarily go with Shagil G. S. Alexander. I think he's purely a point guard, and with Russell, Dinwiddie, and Land still on contract, I just don't think he would be a very smart pick. He can probably transition to wing. I just don't think his skill set would be perfect there.
1: That's fair. Then there's been a, this guy, I, I, it's, it's spelled and Is it Zanan? Zanan Musa? Is that Zana- how I say it? jean Musa. Yes. is there a chance that the draft stocks, plenty of mock drafts have him rising by the day. Uh, the Nets apparently are looking to work him out, and there was even Nets Daily who had a, a moment on Twitter about him. Can you tell us a little bit about this sort of, you know, mysterious sort of stock who's um, rising by the day?
3: So he didn't play in necessarily the biggest of competition in Europe. He played in the Euro Cup. Um, but he is another guy. He's going to be a 3 and D type of guy, maybe a small forward. Uh, But he's probably a 2-3 combo is what I would guess he is. Uh, The defensive game isn't really there, and it's pretty simple that he's a really just a rigid scorer. So he's pretty raw. However, if you're looking to add someone with very high upside, I think he would be a very good pick.
1: Do you think he would make an impact in his first year as a player, or would he be more of a sort of draft and stash sort of guy?
3: I don't think he'd make much of an impact uh, in, in his first year at all.
1: Yeah, I'd probably see him as a G leaguer. Now, there'll be a lot of sort of Giannis fans out there. And I know, I think maybe even Nick and I might have brought his name up. But Giannis brother Costas. Um, there's a possible, uh, you know, there's people talking the fact, you know, someone might take me in that second round. Um, do you think, you know, how would his fit in today's NBA be? Do you reckon he's got any chance of being picked in um, this year's draft? And if the Nets had him at 40 or 45, do you reckon that they could pick him up?
3: Costas is a very interesting player. He's very, very raw. Very raw. I think he averaged five points and three rebounds this year. So he plays power forward. He's a defensive guy. He's not going to get you much offensively. I wouldn't really take him in the first or second round this year, but that's just me. If you're looking for just a huge swing for the fences, he's the guy for you.
1: I mean, you know, Milwaukee sort of took it somewhat with, um, with Giannis, but obviously he doesn't have the, he, anything anywhere near the sort of offensive upside. But, you know, his defensive capabilities are certainly known. Nick, out of all these guys, who are you most excited about? I mean, as soon as I sort of did some research about 14 to 15 and 17, I was salivating about a guy like Kevin Knox. And hearing Dylan talk about it, it makes it even more so for me.
2: Yeah, no, uh, honestly, you guys have been killing it. Miles Bridges sounds pretty interesting, like Dylan said. And then also, like you said, Jack, Kevin Knox – Dylan, what do you think would be the chances of, obviously this is only somewhat uh, draft-related and Hornets-related, if the Nets were to trade up and maybe get 14, 15, or 17 or something, that they can make a trade with the Hornets as well and move up to 11? Or do you think the Hornets are staying pat at 11?
3: I think with just the guys that they've been working out, you know, we've been working out like Robert Williams, Colin Sexton. I think they're bringing in Troy Brown in a few weeks or a few days, I mean. But I think a trade would definitely be possible. But I don't think Kupchak or Jordan are certainly looking to do that.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'd be remiss not to ask, obviously, um, my girlfriend's dad and my girlfriend are huge Duke fans. So I need to ask about Grayson Allen, uh, Dylan. Now, one of the most uh, hated players, I guess, so to speak. Love-hate players in this sort of draft coming up. Uh, certainly has plenty of talent. Um, what can you tell us about him? And, you know, if he's there at sort of 29 or 40, you're the Nets will take him.
3: So he tested a lot better at the combine than certainly a lot of people thought he would. Uh, I believe he had like a 40-plus inch vertical, which is crazy considering what people expect him to do. So I think he's going to go in the first round, but I do think his stock has been on the rise. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone took him in the early 20s. I think if he's on the board for the Nets, uh, he's certainly someone to consider. But I don't think I would take him in that range. But if he's available at 40, 45, sure, take him. He's a flyer. He's a senior. He's going to shoot the ball. Uh, very, very straightforward there.
2: What's what best-case c- scenario for him?
3: Best-case scenario for Grayson Allen, I would say maybe Golden State. I think that would be the perfect landing spot for him, although that
1: would be it would be pretty fun on NBA Twitter there. <laughs> would, would Grayson <laughs> Allen and Draymond Greed. Oh, my God. I mean, they're already one of the most hated teams in the NBA now. Everyone hates greatness. But adding a guy like a Grayson Allen, who's certainly known for some uh, on-court antics, that would certainly be – NBA Twitter would lose its freaking mind. I would enjoy it. <laughs> Is there any other notes that you wanted to add about who you think the Nets uh, might also be looking at? You know, um, I know that you've had so much awesome content put out there. Is there anything you wanted to shout out? You got any more mock drafts coming up? Um, any podcasts you're appearing on?
3: Uh, I am appearing on uh, Evan dials podcast tomorrow. i uh, uh, probably start my own podcast in a few days. As soon as I get everything worked out with uh, uh, the person I'm working on the podcast with. So.
2: Love all it. right. Keep an eye out for that. And like Jack said, Dylan's been dropping great content on OTGBasketball.com. And we're looking forward to his podcast, any draft knowledge. And, you know, feel free to check him out on Twitter. Twitter handle is
3: JacksonNBA, J A X O N NBA. J-A-X-O-N-N-B-A.
2: So check him out. And obviously, thank you guys for listening as
0: always. And we'll catch you next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.